0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 37 of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League show. I am your host, the self-proclaimed FPL guru who actually got told by Fantasy Premier League this season to not give up because my season started so badly. Uh, Alex Rex and joining me today are my usual suspects of Scott Williams and Tom Hughes. Boys, how are we doing today? Very good. Doing a Jalen's there, Scott. What, what, what was that not a Jalen? An Elka, that was. An Elka, yeah. Tom, thanks for finally
1: joining us. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, not about fancy, but yeah, generally
1: very good. Have you have you noticed Tom's joined us on a week where he's done quite well? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, uh, yeah i yeah. up when I've done, done all right. right. I should have I should have won fantasy manager of the week this week, but you know, but... Liverpool. So thanks, Colin
1: and so we'll
0: uh, we'll uh, happily uh, touch base on manager of the week in a second but thanks ever so much for everyone for joining us don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms on football part of will p on twitter instagram tiktok like and su- like the video and subscribe to the channel on youtube and also follow us subscribe to us on all of our podcast channels but thank you ever so much for everyone for tuning in we will start off by reviewing the all in Football Podcast League. And to the top of the league goes Nicola Tomlinson passing Bicar Michael. Neil Ladd firing himself back up to third place with a fantastic week of 63 points. Barry Stokes staying there solidly in fourth. David Byrne and Mr Scott Williams in sixth place. Here he is. We've actually got some representation, at least, in the, uh, in the top 10. So, well done, Scott. And to review our Manager of the Week, it's last season's Apprentice. It's really just like to say,
1: just before we look at this, it's great to see a woman at the top of the uh, Fantasy Football League. You know, I don't think there's enough women involved in fantasy football, so great to see.
0: I totally agree. We need to uh, we need to invite some women onto the uh, onto the show as well, see if, uh, do you know, we, do we need to get on. We Scott's, Scott's mum needs to come on, really.
2: <laughs> That's what I think it is. We need Scott's mum and my dad on. Yeah, end of the season
0: special, I've got that written <laughs> all over it. Do we get the parents on? Is that what, we, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> Meet the parents. <laughs> My dad's uh, not not done a team this season. Neither's my mum. So I'll uh, I'll ask them to step. up. are not very supportive. Is it, Mum and Dad? Come on, they won't be listening anyway. Um, so uh, <laughs> Liam, sixty six points. Uh, you jammy sod. You started for Farner and Grealish, and both of them didn't play. You actually ended the week on forty six points. But then Perisic and Aronson came off your bench for twenty points uh, to take you to manager of the week for sixty six points. So for podcast listeners, Dean Henderson in goal. Um, Trent, Perisic, Zinchenko, Salah, Gross, Benrama, Aronson, Harlan, Jesus, and Mitrovic, Jesus, captain. And then there's Sanchez, Fafana, Grealish, and Martinez on the bench. So, 66 points, Liam. Uh, shout out as well to Lewis Evans. more well than Lewis. 66 points. Uh, only just missed out on manager of the week. You took a minus four, even though it should really be you because, you know, at least you picked the correct starting 11. Um, but yeah, 66 points as well. Mendy, Zinchenko, Trent, White, Trippier, Rashford, Sancho, the boys
1: Salah Richarlison Jesus and Haaland captain it's hard to work it's hard to work out who supports about that badge on the right innit three Man United players three Liverpool players nice but he uh, his team's got a Norwich kit (laughs) oh is that the the
0: Glazers out scarf oh (laughs) Oh, is is his green and gold is his green and gold did I miss that (laughs) Glazers out stop spending money on players send some money on the infrastructure of the club anyway let's not do another Man United podcast um, no, one want, no one wants that So this week uh, we're going to be reviewing the next three game weeks Game weeks 4, 5 and 6 Because if we have a look at uh, the, 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 the fixtures coming moving forward um, We can see that there is a midweek after this one There's game week 4 which kicks off uh, this Saturday And there's a, the first set of midweek fixtures And then there is uh, some other fixtures the weekend after But uh, all of us are away that weekend, aren't we? Pretending we know how to play cards, so uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be missing that one. So when we'll be back is the midweek between game week six and seven, which is the first Champions League games of the season. So from now moving forward, um, if we include an international break as a, as a midweek fixture, um, all of the teams who are involved in Europe have midweek games up until game week fifteen. Did the do they play in the third round? Of the
1: League Cup the, teams which are in Europe. Yeah, the European ones do, yeah. The other ones are coming second round, haven't they?
0: Yeah, the other Premier teams come in second round.
1: Yeah. So um all of the European
0: teams uh, have a midweek fixture every week now, up until the World Cup. So we didn't really see much rotation um for the likes of Liverpool, even though they should have done some rotation, really uh, Manchester City and other teams like that. We haven't really seen much rotation from those guys so far, um, but we're, we're probably going to see that to start being stepped up so far uh, over the next few weeks. So let's have a look at who has the best fixtures up until game week eight, which is the next international break. So we're going.
2: Before you move on, how weird is that? Because you got because of the way everything falls with the World Cup, you've got the third round of the F.L. Cup one game week. And then the fourth round of the AFL Cup, mm. just random. Not be that big space between them. It's just funny how this is all going to work with World Cup. Carry on.
1: That was I it. think it's usually two weeks between rounds at the beginning,
2: isn't it? Isn't
1: it? I thought it was longer than that. But... Not the early, they seem, early rounds. Seem are to yeah, they earlier rounds to Yeah, you seem to try and get them in. Because don't forget the final for the League Cup is February, isn't it? Mm. it certainly is. And I'm not. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not I don't, I'm not caring about the League Cup. My team's not in this year. So, oh, well,
0: it's uh, <laughs> we won't talk about Scunny, will we, Scott? Not this, uh, not this week, not this, uh, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> um, so, to review, who has the best fixtures from game weeks four, five, six, seven, and eight? So, we had a look at this last week anyway, and we had some uh, some insight into teams like Brighton, Brentford, um, Arsenal, Liverpool, um, Man City, and Chelsea. But I wanted to get your take, Tom, on this season's highest performing FPL player, which is Rodrigo, and. He is the most transferred player in this week. And after the Brighton away game, which is a tough game on paper, they've only conceded one goal this season. They've actually got the best defence in the league this season. Um, It seems like a tough game to bring Rodrigo in for. But what's your take on Leeds, the options within Leeds, and of course, Rodrigo himself?
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Scott will... Verify this before the season started. The one player I said I was thinking about and I didn't actually end up bringing in was Rodrigo. You mentioned it on the podcast, you mentioned it on the first episode of the podcast, to be fair, Tom. So Scott got him in on draft, I think. But I just what Marsh did at the end of last season can't judge anything that happened at the end of the season with Leeds. But Rodrigo went into the leadership group, you know, started to look a bit more positive, and he wasn't having to do as much kind of dropping back uh, as he was under Bielsa. So, if there was going to be one player would have picked out the start season to do better than last year it was Rodrigo, I didn't think he was going to do quite this this well. I mean, I'm buzzing. Obviously, he's been great. Uh, can he carry it on? I don't know. I think, do you know what? He's looked pretty good. He looked really, really good against Chelsea. Um, I know Tuchel seemed to think that that was all their errors, but I think Leeds were actually really good in that game, and Rodrigo was a big part of that, he was leading from the front, you know, getting back, making challenges in his own half, he was just everywhere, but he also is showing, you know, that finish for the header was brilliant, you know, getting into the box for the Harrison assists, you know, that's really positive, positive things, and Bamford continues to have injury issues, Gellhart continues to pick up little knocks, he's going to play a lot, so... There's an option I like, and like to say, the fixture really good. Right away, okay, that's a tough fixture, but also, if someone's going to score, it's likely to be him at the moment. So it's not a bad shout. Outside of him, Harrison looks really good. He's starting to pick up points again. Um, and Aronson, I absolutely love. He's involved in everything we do going forward. So, and he's a cheaper option than both those two mentioned. So
1: I would say the big difference, Jim, when we were sat on the podcast last week talking about Rodrigo and this week was it looked like a different beast this week. So, as we mentioned previously, I did go to the first game Um, saw the highlights of the second game and then watched the Chelsea game on TV. Um, his goals were up until the Chelsea game, I think we can all agree with, you know, a couple of tappings and a couple of sticky ones gave him the armband, didn't they? Against Chelsea, he looked like a different animal. He had confidence. He was leading from the front. Like Tom said, his goal was amazing. He could have had another one, but got the assist. I Last week, we were saying I would not have brought him in. Now, for me, he, oh, he's, he's looking like a right option now just because of, of his performance. Not so much his stats, just because of his performance against Chelsea.
2: And taking the bias out of it, if I think of last year, if you didn't get, if you don't get on these players, because Rodrigo's not going to run hot all season, let's be honest, you know. He's not going to last all season, unlikely. You have to get on the players while they're hot. Last year, it was Ben Ratner and Antonio. I know Scott will hate me bringing that up, but it was. If you jumped on them early, you got, you know, you have to sometimes just latch on to these players at these teams that are in form. So I don't think you can go wrong going for a Rodrigo or a Harrison while we've got this good run, because it's not going to continue. That's for sure.
0: What well, I'll, I'll ask about, and if I can find the right screen to go back to, um, is Harrison's £6 million and Rodrigo's £6.3 million. Would you favour those two over Aronson? Or how 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 do you feel about... I mean, Rodrigo seems relatively obvious to favour if he's playing up front, kind of out of position. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Harrison and Aronson, if you were to have to choose between the two of them, there's 0. 0.5 of a difference, both of which are still pretty strong differentials in FPL at 1.4% and 2.8% owned Aronson Harrison. Uh, in that order, who would you go for? Oh,
2: so hard. I think when you're getting into this range of player it really depends on your budget I think if they were both the same price Harrison because he just uh, Aronson's almost like that that pass before the pass you know he's spinning in the middle of the park and playing into Harrison playing into Rodrigo that's kind of the way that I see that system working that being said Aronson should have had the goal against Wolves I can't believe they didn't give him that and he's constantly in and around the box you know Rodrigo had a shot against Chelsea which he could have played across to Aronson he was in the middle of the Middle of the box and could have finished it. I think it's quite a difficult call. Um, I think if you're just looking players against them and take the prices out of it for now, I'd probably say Harrison.
1: Okay. It's, a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of an old school winger, isn't he? Uh, Harrison just really just hugs that touchline and just always looking to get that crossing, um, which is quite good to see. So is I think you know, Strat- Rodrigo and whoever's in the box are always going to be sniffing at any of those chances. Um, I would also be leaning on Harrison, I think.
0: Yeah, both on set pieces, you can see here. I was just flicking through the statistics. Their expected points for Harrison is higher. He's obviously got pedigree in FPL last season, not so good, but 160 points the season before when he had a good season. Um, so he has got the the pedigree, but he's returned in every game this season. So has Rodrigo. Uh, and then when you have a look, uh, you know, he's on the corners and free kicks. Aronson just seems to be on corners. Uh, and I was just trying to have a look at at, at, at passing in the in the final third. Um, Harrison's got the most amount of passes within
2: the final third as well. So, I mean, Aronson's not that far behind him. But Well, just for talking about that in our Leeds group, somebody put in our chat today that Jack Harrison has the most assists and most chances created in the Premier League so far this year. So, that, right? that almost makes it a, an obvious choice in that yeah, sense.
1: I think, I think coming into the last game, first two... Uh, nine nine chances is great in the first two games. I know that would follow Chelsea because I put it on the stats before. You, the game. Should, you should have had an
2: assist for Bamford. Hundred percent, Bamford should have headed that down. That's another assist in his locker. So he is definitely in and around it at the moment.
0: Yeah, there's only only De Bruyne apparently has created more big chances. That's that was the the one I was I was looking at as well before. um yeah. So when you look at Leeds, mm-hmm. what, I was, what I was getting at as well, Tom, sorry, I kind of cut off, cut you off there. Sorry. What I was getting at before is that, yeah, Brighton's a tough game, but a lot of people here will be looking at a potential wildcard game week eight. And if you're looking for budget players to get in your team, um, then Everton at home, fantastic fixture. One of the best fixtures you can have on the calendar. Brentford away. Yeah, Brentford are very hit and miss. And they will be all season, you know, by by the looks of it. They don't look like the, the relegation threatened team that we potentially thought they would be, but they're very hit and miss. The consecutive goals, yeah, from of Man United.
1: Moving on, <laughs> what one
0: off game? Of course, uh, you're only <laughs> as good as your last results. Uh, and then uh, and Forest at home, so they've got two of the two of the best fixtures possible in the next three matches after this Brighton game. So, I'm personally, I'm not rushing to get a Leeds player in this week. Um, I, I, you know, if it works out that way then I'm, I might do um, I'm more conscious of trying to get Martinelli into my team with Fulham at home than Villa at home but then we're obviously talking about the next three game weeks here, I'll absolutely be looking to get someone like a Rodrigo or a Harons- Harrison or an uh, Aronson, very hard to say back to back when you've had two hours sleep they, they are, uh, th- those are the sort of players I'll be looking to get in because they're good differentials um, and yes, that's what I'd, I'd say moving moving forward. So uh, nice bit of Leeds chat, Tom, to start off with. You, you should should enjoy that, and I'll show the Premier League table oh, okay. it as well. Yeah. Um, third third in the league, and what we I think again, what we're going to find moving forward with the, with the fixtures during this whole podcast uh, and YouTube show is that the teams towards the top of the league actually have the best fixtures moving forward as well. So there's there's so many options with form and fixture at the moment, Arsenal obviously the only team with a 100% record um, and if we have a look at the fixtures for them moving forward, Fulham and Villa at home the next two games and if we have a look at the statistics as well for a team now again I'm kind, I'm, I'm, I'm still with you Scott, I've basically seen every Arsenal game so far this season and I cannot believe they have the lowest expected goals conceded in the league I, 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 I kind surprising. of can't really believe that, um, the eye test definitely doesn't tell me that but at the same time, got to look at the statistics. Um, they are their expected goals conceded is two point one over the first three games of the season. That's ahead of Spurs at two point six, Brighton, and then Man City at two point eight. Man City took a battering against Newcastle, hmm. um, and then Leeds at three point five. Are you surprised to see that? So I'm not, I'm not the last thing on Leeds because we talked about Leeds a lot already, Tom. But last, are you I'm, must be surprised to see that you've you've got statistically the fifth best defense in the league.
2: You were just talking about eye tests. I think when I watch Leeds live, I'm so nervy because we don't play with the width anymore. So it does allow pressure in certain areas. You know, it's very easy for teams to switch play. But I was just thinking when you're talking about Arsenal, does it feel like that they should have, you know, they should have higher expected goals conceded Because sometimes teams, you know, feel like they're getting quite high of the pitch or in certain areas. And sometimes that's just part of the plan is to let them press in certain areas and let them attack in certain areas and actually don't mind. Them having the ball in those areas as long as you can control it so you know for Leeds, yeah we, i can't believe ours is fifth bottom you know it doesn't feel like that um but um yeah i think sometimes it can be deceiving watching watching the games and it can feel like there's a lot of pressure being applied to a team but what kind of pressure is it where is it is it really goal-threatening or does it just feel like heavy pressure Are they having lots of long shots They've being forced into shots from distance or crosses into just kind of areas rather than specific chances being created?
0: Yeah, no, no, I think it's a, it's, 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 a really good point. Um, and it leads me into one of the topics of discussion that I wanted to have on the podcast. And it's a big one that everyone is having across the board at this very moment at time. Um, and let me really heavily overuse a phrase here, but, um, is big at the back dead?
2: Yes. <laughs> I got I got one point from my four. I've got Edison, Cancelo, Trent, and Robbo. And I got what one point, two, one or two points, two points, one from Edison, one from Robbo, nil from Cancelo, and nil from Trent. That is what 27, 26, 27 million of my budget wrapped up on two points. And it's not like it's just one week where they've done that. That's the third week where I've got basically no points from those lots. So
0: well, Liverpool, so far this season, obviously they're the ones where most people have big at the back. Um, and so far this season, they've conceded, what, two goals to Fulham, one to Palace, and then two to Man United. Um, and if we have a look at, at their statistics as a team, their expected goals conceded is in the bottom half of the table, their expected goals conceded is five. So far this season, and they've conceded five. So the statistics don't lie; the number doesn't lie. They're performing to their expected stats in terms of conceding goals. So if they're conceding uh, basically nearly two goals per game, then absolutely, I can I completely agree. I think that you know that the the their value is the value isn't there. The big question is with those two is that their next fixture is a very tasty. Bournemouth at home. Now, don't get me wrong, Newcastle, That's that seems like a t- much tougher game now. You know, they're obviously looking pretty good. Everton's a derby. You never know what's going to happen in the derby. But do you transfer out the big Liverpool,
1: big-hitting Liverpool defenders before they play Bournemouth at home? Scott, what do you think? I think you're going to have to expect a response, surely, from that Liverpool uh, team after what happened on Monday night. So, and again, like you say, we're essentially the easiest fixture on paper at the moment. Yeah, the XG, sorry. just for I've, I've put that up for the
0: YouTube watchers. Sorry, Scott. But for, for podcast listeners, um, in terms of expected goals scored, Bournemouth are by far the worst in the league. 1.27 expected goals over three games. They've only scored two goals. And Leicester are next at 1.89. Those are the only two teams who have expected to score less than two goals so far this season. Sorry, Scott, carry on.
1: Yeah, um, and I mean the reason. Let's be honest. The reason we have these players in, not so much for the clean sheets. It's more for their attack and returns, which have absolutely been few and far between. But then you look at Bournemouth, goals conceded to seven, seven goals. They are leaky. They are conceding goals. From a Bournemouth perspective, they got that first win, and then the next three games have just been a bonus. They get anything out of them, brilliant. So I feel like they're not playing with that pressure that they might have done if they didn't pick up three points in that first game against Villa. Um, so, I would fully expect a reaction from Liverpool. I wouldn't be taking Trent out. I'll be giving them one more week. Um, I think a lot of people do that. If Liverpool don't perform, I expect a massive selling of Trent next week. When, like you say, they've got Newcastle, then Everton, you know, in a derby game. I, I am going to give Trent one more week. But I am a one Liverpool defensive asset owner. If I'm in I know for Tom you've got Liverpool, uh, Robbo and Trent. Have you, Alex, as well? Or no, just got so, Trent. Just if got I'm, Trent. If I'm sat there in Tom's position right now, I would probably be potentially looking at getting rid of one of those Liverpool assets. Okay, it's fine. Um, fine. Yeah, well, right, I mean Tom,
2: I agree with you. I agree with everything Scott's just said. I'll probably keep them both. It's too tempting, that ball a fixture. Mm. So, you know, my logic tells me, like Scott says, a bit of a reaction. Bournemouth don't look that great going forward, so at least I should pick up, please, a two clean sheets from them this week. But 100% it has made me doubt that. Do you know what? I said it last year. How much did I say it last year? Don't double up on defensive assets and I've got two Liverpool and two City. I wish I could go back to the start of the season and remind myself that I kept saying that last year. So stupid. So yeah, I, need you look, I need to look get at this one uh, out. You to
1: look get at get it Two City though, Tom. First two game weeks, no goals conceded. You weren't thinking that then.
2: No, true. That's true, I suppose. But for the value of the cost of Cancelo and Trent and Robo, you need attacking returns as well true. to justify them. One hundred percent. And uh, Trent
0: Alexander Arnold is the second most transferred out player this week across FPL, which I'm not. I'm not super surprised about Saka. Obviously behind, still still Darwin getting transferred out with Song behind there. Uh is the most transferred out. I didn't realize that Three and uh, three hundred fifty thousand people owned Goulabal. Well,
1: I'd love to. I'd love to know how many people transferred him last week when he scored a goal. Yeah, oh,
0: be... that's very true. Actually, of course, and what a goal that was! Yeah. <laughs> what a strike! Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think in terms of from my perspective of trying to give people a bit of advice on what to do, I'd be sticking with Trent and Robbo this week. Um, and I would be. If you've got if you've got two free transfers this week, I'd be using them elsewhere. I'd be using them to try and get a player like like Martinelli into your team um, with some fantastic fixtures. Probably one of the best fixtures moving forward. You know, I'd, I'd be using my transfers this week more in my midfield, um, and then I'd be focusing. I would be getting rid of one of them probably next week with Newcastle, if not both. If you're going to wildcard in in game week eight you don't really have to worry too much about the value going up. In fact, you have to worry more about the value going down. Um, so you're not going to be worried about selling Trent at 7.5 and then him being 7.8 by the time you get him back. Just not going to happen the way that this is going this season. Um, unless there is, it's something ridiculous.
1: There is one man on that page right now, which is not a midfielder that I would kind of love to get in. I think he's looked really sharp at the start of the season. Uh one of one of my, our old boys, Ivan Tony, I think he's looked really, really good. He has he has looked fantastic, and
0: that'll uh, take us very, very nicely onto a bit of Brentford chat. Now, Ivan Tony has got Everton at home next, followed by a, a Palace away, then Leeds at home, Southampton away, and then Arsenal. Obviously, in game week eight, it's going to be a bit tougher, but four pretty nice fixtures. Obviously, we just said how good Leeds are have looked defensively in terms of statistics, but Everton not so great. Palace, obviously you never know what pallets you're going to get. It's Sellers part they're usually quite difficult to play. But uh, And Southampton away, you, there should be goals in that game. So, Tony at 7.2 is is a great option, I think, still. De Silva, obviously, still looking really cheap. He's a fantastic enabler to to bring in, to help you move money around your team. And I, I wouldn't hesitate too much at bringing, uh, bringing him in. And then you've got Rico Henry, nearly got an assist. Last week, I, I probably wouldn't still be worried about, you know, Brentford's defenders. Um, one of the questions we had last week was Raya or Sanchez as a keeper. It's definitely Sanchez, isn't it, really? I think Brighton's best defence in the league. If you were wildcarding now and you were looking at doing two keepers, you know, Sanchez and Ward seem like the, the two keepers you were bringing if you were looking at, uh, looking at value. Um, but in term, across the board as well, I had a quick look at Brighton defenders, so, if you were looking at transferring out some of your big at the back guys, um, between Webster, Veltman, and Dunk are the three centre halves at 4.5 million. Um, in terms of B- the only thing that was really a difference maker between Veltman and Webster was their BPS, and Veltman had higher. Other than that, they had exactly the same XG, XGA, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, if you're looking for a 4.5 million defender to go in your team from Brighton and your wild carding, uh, it's just Veltman for me. Um, and then Webster probably just behind him, and then then uh, Dunk last out of the three currently. Uh, to finish off the big, the finish off the big at the, well, the, the backtracks. We do have to touch base on Chelsea as well. Um, City defenders. So one of the decisions I've got this week, I'm going to put my put my team up just because it's uh, just to give a bit of context on here. Where am I really far down?
2: Oh, wow.
0: Don't give up, pal game week rank out of nine and a half million seven million good start i do a podcast on this and tell people what i think they should do uh it, i have a decision really this week if i want to reshape my team between transferring out one of my big well i have to decide between transferring out one of the big hitters one of the things i can do is transfer out Cancelo and downgrade him to walker and then i can afford to get Zinchenko, Martinelli and, and Rodrigo in um, and that would be a minus i I've got two free transfers this week if you were in my shoes lads would you look to maybe downgrade Cancelo to someone like Walker or would you look to be holding on to these guys and trying to figure out another way of getting uh, getting a player like Martinelli into the team, what are your thoughts? Mm. Tricky one
1: isn't it, I think if you really want a player and you know, like Tom said earlier Players go through patches of form throughout the season. Martelli's look really, really good. We've said it on previous pods. Everything's coming down that left hand side with him and uh, Sanchenko. Yeah, potentially. I mean, James Justin looks disgusting in your team right now. Yeah. He's got five points, but I don't really think looks, uh, Bailey looks too good. Neto, I've got him in myself, not doing anything. So, if yeah, was, little... if the minus eight
0: was coming, it would be Bailey, Neto, Justin, and Cancelo or Trent. So it'd probably be out for a walker, maybe someone. And, and it was in Chen Walker's Chenko, Martinelli, and Rodrigo.
2: Yeah, Inchenko, you were warning us off him. So
0: I'm still not sure if I'd go for him though. He's got smiling because
2: he, he had him in and he was buzzing when he returned after you told him not to put him in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we said Chenko and I did um, some analysis on it as well. Um, his defensively last game, it was brilliant. It was. He looked really, really composed in the shirt, and I think if you're looking at it as well, it's like when are you thinking about wildcarding? So probably,
0: probably game week eight. I'd have thought at the moment.
1: Yeah. So I mean, sort your team out for four game weeks. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. Like like Tom says, you've got to get on the players when they're hot at the beginning. Else you will be sort of catching up anyway. I don't mind a minus eight really, it's, especially but, yeah. at this part of the season when you know you can. You've still got plenty of points to play with, haven't you?
2: Yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah, my only thing looking at yours is because you've obviously gone for the triple hitters of Salah, KDV and Haaland. Not particularly in love with that personally because I think that that's tying up a lot of funds which you could upgrade either the defenders or midfielders with. So, is it time to make a choice on Salah or De Bruyne?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I don't, this is the thing, isn't it? And it'd, it'd be De Bruyne. For me, I think he looks fantastic this season. I think he's, I, I think he stands a chance of being the top scoring FPL pay, player player. Um, uh, he's already second. I think in terms of points, I'll obviously double check that. If I was going to get rid of between Salah or De Bruyne, I'd get rid of Salah. But I, I don't want to get rid of either of them before Bournemouth. And um, if I was going to get, if I was going to do the, the the minus eight move, it would be downgrading Cancelo to Walker because I still want a piece of that City defence. Um, and then I, I'd, I'd have a look at it from there. And. And I, I, I'm not too, I'm not too precious about it, but it's uh, I do need to start making a few changes um, because yeah, team's not looking great, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, let's have a look at our podcast team. Let's do that because I do think this is something that we need to uh, to, to take a look at. Our overall rank is five point nine million in the world.
2: Well, what um, did we say at the start of the season? Just for anyone listening or watching, we did. Purposely go slightly different with this, just uh, have a bit of fun with it, and that was a huge mistake because uh, <laughs> it's gone terribly. There's a reason that you don't go different.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there is at the beginning of a season. Look, you know, at the end of the day, if you are playing for for the for the sake of your overall rank at the end of the year, then you you, you do go for the template to start with, Um roll with the crowd, and then go from there. But if you know, try and have a bit of fun with it and be a little bit different, I think looking at our team moving forward, it's probably time to. Um, say bye to Bowen. Uh, I'd look at obviously bye to to Soufal as well. West Ham look terrible, um, which is a which is a shame. And then we can uh, we can make some make some moves from there because we've got eight point four wrapped up in Bowen. So um, we uh, we've we've got we've got some options. Yeah, I don't think
2: I look. I'm looking at that. It's not drastic, is it? No. Actually, the foundations of that team are pretty good. You know, Bowen, like you say, probably needs to go. Saka is kind of getting to that point where. Is it more, like you say, is it better to have a Martinelli who's a lot cheaper? Um, so, yeah, there's some good options there for us.
0: It's very easy as well to do, you know, if you wanted to just do two free transfers or something like that this week, easily done. One of the things I would like to do from, from a pod perspective is is to go a little bit different and potentially go for uh, for your boy. Scott, that you've just mentioned mm-hmm. there, get Tony in, try and get three up front, and sort of free up, free up point eight somewhere else, and maybe do something there. Uh, well, you touch. can do
2: that by taking Saka down to Rodrigo as an example.
0: Yeah, so for example, there you go. Do something along those lines, uh, and get a, you don't even have to. Who did I take out for for Veltman? Soufal. So you don't even have to do that for a minus four. You can do Martinelli, mm-hmm. Rodrigo, and Tony. And then we can just reshape our team and, and bench Bailey. So th- 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 there, there are options that are, and everyone's going to be looking at their own teams and thinking, well, okay, what can I, what can I do differently? And what sort of players should I be bringing in to try and, and also differentiate myself to if I am, if I am catching up and and who are the ones I need to have to not keep falling behind players. You need to have to not keep falling behind. And Martinelli is, is, is the value pick along with potentially Rodrigo. Again, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be desperate to get him in this week but i think for the three fixtures after i probably would you know one of those leeds players um and then do you want a piece of the arsenal defence against fulham and villa probably but i wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be breaking the bank for it um and then yeah the other big at the back stuff i'd be sticking with trent and robo for this week but uh, but moving on for next chelsea are a fun team this season aren't they because um Oh, I, did, I mean, like, what are you going to get each week? And if they're going to they, link with Aubameyang, which is uh, an interesting potential signing for them, um, that would be Havertz out of the team, I would uh, would have thought. But Leicester, Southampton, West Ham, Fulham, next next four. Four very, very good fixtures for Chelsea because they've got four pretty terrible defences that they're coming up against. Anyone from their temperature? Would you, if you have James, would you stick with him? Would you look to maybe get him in? Any of the uh, Chelsea players looking good for you?
2: I'd keep James personally. He's got he's got the ability to score goals as well, hasn't he? So it's a bit like he's a cheaper version of your Robos or your Trent. He's probably got similar potential to them at the moment. So if you're holding Trent and Robo, you're probably holding James, I would think. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it's the same, It's the same as um, same as Liverpool. You've been beaten three 0 by one of the relegation favourites at the start of the season. Um, hammered, by the way, nowhere near. Two, two show was absolutely chatting cheddar out of that game. Um, <laughs> you you consider last minute equaliser to hurricane the week before when you dominated that game. You expect expect a reaction next week. Um, so I would be holding James and seeing what's going on. Yeah, quite a fun team. Would would if you know a came in? Would you see? Iberts then drop back into midfield, maybe. Um, I don't think his best position is playing that up. You know that number, that false nine or whatever position he's playing. Um, they yeah, are quite a fun mm-hmm. team. though, like you say, but no one really still jumps out at me. Conor Gallagher didn't look like a footballer
2: at the weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. Weird, isn't it? Because he's such that a shows, good player.
2: It shows what confidence does for a player, though, doesn't it? When you've got a manager that 100% backs you, like the Alec Palace or you go back to Chelsea where you're maybe not feeling 100% like you've got the back in?
1: Not the nicest first game for him to make his first start for Chelsea. Away at Leeds, when Leeds are playing like they are doing with Preston, didn't get a second on the ball, didn't even get... You know, players talk about, just want to get that first pass, just want to get that first through ball, that first tackle. I think the first time he got the ball, he had three Leeds players around him. He lost (laughs) there, and he honestly, I'm surprised he didn't get hooked at half-time. He was awful. But like you say, he's a really good player. I do like Conor Gallagher, but he was awful. I'm looking down that list of players, and genuinely, no one excites me. The only the one, one player that does excite me is Cucarella. I think he had, Kukarela, a, he had a big I, chance against us as well. Yeah, he, he looks like he looks confident, doesn't he? Everything seems to sort of come through him rather than the other side of the pitch. I think it comes through him more than Rhys James. Um, I don't
2: see like I don't. Maybe I'm wrong here, but when he was at Brighton, he didn't come across. As somebody who was really like, you know, threatening goals or assists at the same level as a James does. So I get get what you're saying. A lot seemed to go for him, but actually, James just always looks, it's like eye test piece. James always looks so threatening. Whenever he gets in, you know, he had a shot against us, which Melia had to save. It was very nearly, very nearly crept in the bottom corner. Cucurella had a much easier chance, which he spooned wide. So,
1: but you said that by him last. You said about him last year at Brighton. We're talking about a Brighton team that yeah, you know yeah, created about yeah. a million chances but can't score. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. And, but I suppose so. Yeah, if Chelsea got an Aubameyang, would it increase Cooperella's? I think it increased Cooperella and James's potential. It always does when you get those attacking players. So,
1: oh, it's nice when you get backed up by stats, isn't it? Go on, Alex.
0: No, yeah, big chances <laughs> created. Yeah, big chances created. I was just I had a look yeah. at these before. Big chances created per ninety. Cooperella's top for all Chelsea players. Um. Uh, half a chance per 90, big chance. Um, so if I I was looking at the, um, the players, uh, the Chelsea players, and trying to figure out which ones to go for, you know, James isn't a differential at 43.5% owned. I mean, that's ridiculously high in terms of a number. But kukure is down here at 11.1, and he's only 5.1 million. So if I was looking for somebody to try and, and get on to do something a little bit different, um, you know, Tuchel's comments are, are all that Chillwell is is well, the, the main man over Chilwell at this very moment in time uh, in terms of who's going to start. So again, if you're going to take a bit of a punt for the next three, four, five weeks, um, I think looking at those fixtures for Chelsea, Leicester at home, Southampton away, West Ham at home, Fulham away, I, you know, you're looking for a differential. I, I like I like someone from Chelsea, and I think if I was going to go for someone, it probably would be one of the fullbacks because I mean they've still got the best statistics overall um, be- between them but across the board, and you know Sterling's obviously a player that gets involved. Um, but yes, from from a, from a Chelsea perspective, um, I think they're the sort of team you would you would look at. But so uh, conclusion, Tom. I know you were very quick to say no, uh, but is big at the
2: back dead? Mm. Oh. for now for now we'll think the... I think I think it will pick back up I do I genuinely think that once Liverpool get the thing is big at the back is relying on your big teams basically isn't it Let's yeah. be fair. you need yeah. Chelsea Liverpool and City their wing backs be doing bits and at the moment they're not so it's not currently I don't think it rules it out completely but if I was wildcarding this week I certainly would probably be having one Liverpool one City rather than <laughs> I was just
1: really quickly on the defence. I was just yeah. thinking, oh, my team over Perisic last game, I think the player that has impressed me most. He's not really returned any points. Uh, what he did actually against West Ham is uh, Nico Williams. And I've just looked at the old, and I know you love this, Tom, the old ICT ICT index. Um, it's top of oh, 213. Yeah. Wow, the defenders, so, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, man. so his threat he's is second. Oh. His creativity is third. His influence is 11th. So if you ever all I've ever seen hands are up that all I've ever seen is one new not Forest game, it's always bombing up. Late. He takes free kicks, he takes corners. He's got an unbelievable weapon of a shot. He nearly scored the other. Was it last game week? So yeah, obviously no one's getting him out for four million. People have got him in, so that's just a nice one just to have in. Throw him in. A couple of hard fixtures Forest have got coming up, but Bournemouth home leads away. Fulham home, it's a nice little run. If you want to slide one in there. No, I agree. And if you were
0: looking at um, wildcarding, a lot of people will be looking at wildcarding now mm. who are chasing it. Be, There'll be, I think, a lot of wildcards used over the next couple of weeks. Nico Williams, obviously Ward at 4 million. Easy to put him. Williams at 4.1, I think he is now. If you really wanted to just go for a back three, someone like Patterson, you can put in at 4 million as well if you wanted to go cheap. Um, and then De Silva's a great option in terms of cheap midfielders. Uh, Pereira's still playing. You know, he's, he's still returning. He's getting a couple of an assists at 4.5 as well to to build up your your cheap midfielders. Um, and there aren't really that many great cheap striker options. But uh, but Greenwood comes on and gets the points the points occasionally. It could be it could be time and um, for what we might do at the Pod team, and we might end up going three up front, and you'd have never ever done that last season, so um, yeah, exciting times, so uh, let's review the fixtures coming up for the next three game weeks and talk about the deadlines and captains uh, to finish off for the week so the deadline for game week four is Saturday the 27th of August so this Saturday coming up and that is at 11am and it starts off with the early kickoff at Southampton, Man United away at Southampton to undo all the good work that they did at Liverpool, mm-hmm. Um, inevitably.
1: Uh, that's such a one nil Southampton, Will wow. Krause. Yeah,
0: it re- it really is, and it's. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we uh, hopefully we do we do well there. Um, in terms of standout fixtures, Liverpool obviously at home to Bournemouth has to be a standout fixture. Mo Salah returned again against Manchester United. Um, it doesn't matter how bad they play, he still seems to score uh, and get some form of return. Unless it's game week two, <laughs> he never returns game week two, which is so weird. Um, but Bournemouth at home probably the best fixture. Man City at home to Palace. Um, Palace love playing at the Etihad um, so we'll we'll see what happens there but again a really good fixture I think your, your captain's going to come from one of those two games unless you want to go for a, a Spurs away to Forest if you've got a Kane or Son um, Lance your thoughts on, on on captains is this a Salah versus De
1: Bruyne Harland job oh, for you? I mean Jesus at home oh, to
2: Fulham, oh, Jesus at Fulham.
0: Bad, hands up yeah Jesus at home to Fulham as well um, so yeah, what 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 are your thoughts? It's, I think it's I think it seems fairly even. I think it seems fairly even between Salah and Jesus to me. With, with that, I'm I, De Bruyne is still or Holland are still an option, but um, yeah, I, I also like the fact that Jesus is on Sky, so I can watch it, and that makes That's it more a big exciting.
2: Sir. It does make it because you know it's, sometimes we forget to enjoy fans' football. <laughs> Watching the games does add to the enjoyment, but uh, Salah at home. To Bournemouth, I mean, come on. He's scored against Man United, and and Liverpool look rubbish. So if they can up that performance by 15%, he'll score three against Bournemouth. So it's got to be Salah for me. I'm just going to take the risk on that. Jesus looks amazing, but you get the extra clean sheet points. You get the extra goal points from Salah. So it's probably Salah for me.
1: Weirdly, if Man City had won, say, 2-0 against Newcastle, I'd be saying, uh, yeah, definitely Salah. But City always come back with a five 0 win when they slip up, <laughs> and I know Palace is the bogey team, absolutely is. But I mean, it's definitely Salah. But I can see like Liverpool winning that three 0 Man City winning that five 0 and you know you're never going anywhere near Spurs away at Forest. Yeah. Absolutely not. That's a yeah, tough yeah. fixture for anyone.
2: Forest start well as well. Yeah, they have. They all many have
1: goals
0: and the I really. yeah. yeah, I uh, yeah, I think it'll be a Salah captaincy for me. Even though, <sighs> would like Depends if, if I'm gonna if I'm if I'm about to watch the game on the Saturday, I might put Jesus just because it's exciting. One of the other things about that is that the attacking returns seem to be spread more at Arsenal than they do at, at Liverpool, probably because they've had more. But they um if if someone's gonna score for Liverpool, it's probably gonna be Salah, it feels like. Whereas like
2: Nunez is out as well.
0: Yeah, probably like, gonna come
2: from Diaz or Salah.
0: Arsenal, it feels like, you know, it could be Martinelli, it could be Odegaard, who decided to just, you know, be the best-performing player in the in the game last week. Um, and, uh, and it could be Jesus. I think it could be a number of players. Um, you never know, Saka might actually get some returns, bless him. It's not that he's not played well. It's just the way that Arsenal seem to set up and where they seem to attack. Uh, so, yes, I think I agree. I think we're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty confirmed that we're going to go for Salah that game week. Game week five deadline Tuesday. Remember, it's your first Tuesday deadline of the season at six o'clock for the 7.30 kickoffs of BT Sport. televised every single game uh, that week. So uh, standout fixtures. Let's make sure I don't miss any Hmm. this time. Where's your cherries, boy? Go on, sorry,
1: Alex. Go on. (laughs) I know,
2: Scott. I bet I'll let Scott think, say what he thinks I'm thinking. Once you've said this, Alex. okay. Uh,
0: the the um, the standout fixture has to be Man City at home uh, against Nottingham Forest. Uh, then, of course, you've got Liverpool, but they are playing Newcastle. so That's a tougher game. Arsenal they are playing Villa, which is probably an easier game than um, Liverpool against Newcastle. Uh, there'll be plenty of goals in Leicester Man United, I can imagine, and uh, Leeds. Playing Everton at home under the lights at Ellen Road and Tom Hughes will be there. You're gonna be watching oh, the game, you're gonna be in the stand. Is it home? So we to have captain? a
1: lot we have a lot of Leeds fans, a lot of a lot of Leeds fans in our group and in the podcast league. A lot of Leeds fans, a lot of Leeds fans that are absolutely crap on Everton and crap on Lampard. Let's see your cherries, boys. Let's see them. Let's have a captain there. Your boys are doing well. Who are you captaining, Tom? Because I know you've got the cherries, so what are you going to do? Who are you
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, God. at the moment, I've only got two. I've, I have brought in Rodrigo this week against Alex's advice, but I did it straight away because I wanted to get ahead of the price rise Could have gone up again. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, I, do you know what? That game week, I don't like Liverpool at home to Newcastle at all. Don't really love that. Unless Liverpool just suddenly go back to their normal selves against uh, Bournemouth, which they could do. But don't love that one. City, that's pretty tempting, isn't it? At home to Forest, I know Forrest has been all right, but it's Man City. Totally different beast. I like Man City and Arsenal that week. If I was going to captain at Leeds, it'd probably be Rodrigo or Harrison. But do I have the guts to do that? I just don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't know. For everyone who isn't a Leeds fan, it's basically between sort of Jesus or KDB Harland, isn't it? Again, whichever one that you've got. Um, I'll I'll be absolutely on a City player that week. And because it's, because it's the first mid-week of the, midweek of the season, this is where like, then you start to get a bit nervous about the rotation. And it was made pretty clear by Pep that when there's games every three days, Haaland isn't going to start all the time. That was a quote, direct quote from him. Alvarez will get minutes. So does that scream at me, Haaland's first rest? Potentially. Um, so I think if I was going to captain anyone right now it would be KDB pending uh, pending the weekend but uh, but you never know he might play this week and then get rested at the weekend for the Champions League the midweek after uh, it depends because the Champions League draws this week because um, the final qualification games are tonight um, we're recording on a Wednesday so, uh, I think the Champions League draw might be on Thursday of this week. So, then we'll find easy. out how easy, easy the Friday
1: is. Friday morning oh,
0: Yeah, maybe Friday. So, we'll find out this week before the deadline, um, the deadline for four, five and six, um, who the first fixture in the Champions League is going to be against. So, if the City's first fixture is pretty easy, you know, in terms of the group, then it, it, it might affect rotation. But let's not try and predict, predict Pep. But uh, so, Tom's captaining Rodrigo. I'll be on KDB. And Scott, you'll be on Haaland?
1: Yeah, I'm petrified now. You said about the rotation thing.
2: But yes, Haaland would be... I'm not not going to win fans football this year anyway, the way I started. So I might as well have some fun with it. If I'm ever going to captain the Leeds player, that's probably the one, isn't
0: it? How good will it feel... For Rodrigo to score twice against Frank Lampard's Everton loss, you're there for you to captain him. How good how, will it how feel? How bad will it
2: feel if I've captained him and we lose? And I feel responsible for that loss, because I am superstitious. So
1: a few oh. things that a few things, a few things there. I may as well have fun with it. Listeners, no, he won't. He'll be getting annoyed at all yeah. <laughs> Number two, I may as well captain a Leeds player. No, he won't.
0: He's been called out. Really do it.
2: His face. God wants me to do
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I really, I want you to do it as well. We all um, want you to do I'll, it. I'll
2: make a, I'll make a tactical decision. I'll make a tactical decision. To be that's
0: fair, I should then captain a Man United player against the Arteta project, shouldn't I? In game week six, really, if that's that's how we're playing it this season. Um, but game week six deadline, Saturday the third of September at eleven a.m. usual Saturday deadline, starting off with the Merseyside derby. So no one, none of us will be captaining Salah. Um, in the early kickoff because that's generally nil nil, isn't it? Um, or a draw, Everton Liverpool, whatever. Well, it is with Liverpool this season anyway, in particular.
1: Early kickoff,
0: stay away. Spurs at home to Fulham, fantastic fixture for Spurs. Then you've got City away at Villa. Um, I like that fixture. I think that's that's something that really stands out to me as as a, as a City captain game I'm on Sky away at Villa, who are very leaky. Um, I do do like the look of that one and then you've got um, the other games like Chelsea at, at West Ham but uh, yeah for me it's probably going to be Spurs against City and I have no Spurs players at the moment so it's probably going to be City again for me um, uh, lads your thoughts on 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 game I know it's hard to say cause it's game week six and we've got two of the game weeks before then but um, thoughts on on this suite of fixtures
2: yeah, probably just leave it on Rodrigo, let it ride. Yeah, do it for us of the season Away, day. away at the bees. Yeah, they're
0: yeah, leaky so. though, aren't they? So they
2: are leaky. Um, I, I think
1: it's an interesting one because, you, like you say, it's a couple of big game weeks. Yet, yeah. um, do you know
2: what? Do you know what I do like there? Newcastle at home,
1: they've shown comes? that they
2: can score goals. You got like a if you got the budget to get a Saint Maximon or something like that. I know they're run. Initially isn't very good, but after you get past that, Wolves Liverpool is going to open up a bit for them,
0: isn't it? So I mean, Wolves is fine. I mean, if you just if you can if you take it on the chin, let's just say for example, let's go for, let's take this to the World Cup, shall we? Game week sixteen, Newcastle are, are fourth on the fixture ticker from game week after the, after that Liverpool game. Um, the only I mean they have got Man United away and Spurs away in that run, um, but they don't face. Obviously, they've already faced the ball, but they don't face a city. They don't face an Arsenal. So the the best three teams in the league. So they've got Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford from game week six to ten. Then it's Man United, who haven't got a great defense, then Everton, Spurs, hard, then Villa, Southampton, Chelsea. I think what we'll see a lot of people do is after game week six start to after game week six after game week five start to really look at at, at Newcastle because we'll have. Even more, I mean, they'll be be looking at him anyway. I mean, if you want to bring in Trippier this week, I don't think it's a bad move at all. A a lot of people do that at 5.1. It's something to consider. You know, if you want to bring in, just, I I wouldn't, I'm unsure about their attackers because you know what it's like with Wilson and his injuries. Um, So Maximan, obviously, is a midfielder. Looks looks like a player that can get returns. He always does. He's quite exciting. If I was going to invest in Newcastle, though, it, it would be in Trippier specifically. Um, he's on
2: set pieces as well, isn't it, which helps?
0: He's so good at free kicks, isn't he? He's so good at free kicks. when he
2: put that ball down against City, I was like, he's, oh, come on, it's City, he's gonna score, he's gonna score this. It's almost like he didn't know he's gonna do it in those big moments.
0: Him and Ward-Prowse, unbelievable at free kicks in the league, aren't they? Um, but yeah, we, we, then you'll have a look at these sort of these sorts of games and fixtures. So, um, you know, Bournemouth then become one of the best, have the, one of the best fixture rooms from six to 16, probably wouldn't invest in any of their players. But Palace right up there, I mean, you brought Zaha in last week, Tom, which was pretty inspirational in terms of a pick, considering he got two returns. Um Doing straight out as well? Well, yeah, City away, terrible fixture. But then from game week five... Um, through to game week 16, they've got the second best fixtures behind Bournemouth. So, you know, it's uh, we, it, the, the landscape by the time we do our next podcast will have changed quite a lot. And in, I encourage everybody to have a look at the fixture run up until when they're potentially going to wildcard. And if you literally have no idea when you're going to wildcard, have a look at the fixture run for the next four, five, or six weeks and just bring in players for the next four, five, or six weeks. Um, because you know that's how long you want them to be. You don't want to be getting them in straight in and out like Tom Dibazaha. But you know, get the points and get rid of him, eh, Tom. Uh, and also, if you have looked to wild card already, then you need to look at the fixture runs up until game week sixteen and see how long you want to to have these uh, have these players and uh, and players for. But that's for for more more for the key knows. Um So we've covered deadlines. We've covered captains, we've covered the uh, the teams uh, moving forward. And just to answer Callum Burnett's question that he sent in, um, you can have as many players in red as you want, as long as they're wearing a Man United shirt or an Arsenal shirt. Um, now's the time to sell Liverpool players. Oh, wait a minute, Cully won't be listening, will he? Mm. He wouldn't have made it to the end. Never mind, save the needle for that point. Uh, lads, thank you ever so much for uh, for joining me this week. Good luck to everyone in the league. Don't forget to like our social media platforms, follow us and all that. I had two hours sleep. I can't even remember all the rest of it. So thank you ever so much for tuning in. We'll get this up and uh, and good luck for the weekend. Bye for now.